You're listening to Mountain West Voices. I'm Clay Scott. I went to visit Wally McRae, the poet, on his ranch in southeastern Montana. On the way, I stopped at a little cemetery along Rosebud Creek, where Wally's Scottish homesteader ancestors are buried. The first meadowlarks of the season were staking out their territory among the gravestones, where green shoots were pushing up through last year's dried stalks. Wally met me at his front door with a glass of iced tea, and we sat in the shade on his back porch, looking out at the low juniper and pine-covered ridge that marks the edge of the Northern Cheyenne Reservation. It didn't take much coaxing for Wally to share some of his poetry. I wrote environmental poems. I wrote, wrote bitter, bitter poems. And I thought, There's, this isn't getting it. And <laughs> Ruth and I went to, a, to an attorney and did some estate planning. And we got that all finished, and we said, okay, we signed all the pieces of paper. And I said, is that it? And he said, no, now you need to go home and take care of those things of non-economic, non-monetary value, things that have intrinsic value. And so I wrote a poem. Value is a hard word to rhyme, so I used worth instead. And there's no perfect word in English for non-economic or non-monetary. So, but... Intrinsic comes as close as I could come. And then I take you on a tour of my hometown of Coldstreet with a poem called Things of Intrinsic Worth. Remember that sand rock on Emil's Creek where Dad carved his name in 13? It's been blasted down into rubble and interred by a dragline machine. And where fatals lived at the old Myler place where us kids stole melons at night they dozed it up in a funeral pyre and torched it. It's gone, all right. The sea on the hill and the water tanks are now classified reclaimed land. They're thinking of building a golf course out there, so I understand. The old Egan homestead's an ash pond that they say is 80 feet deep. The branding krell of the Douglas camp is underneath the spoil heap. And across the creek is a tipple now where they load coal onto a train. And the May West rock on Hay Coulee, just black and white snapshots remain. There's a railroad loop and a coal storage shed where the bison kill site used to be. And the guide place is gone. The Ambroses too. And Beulah Farley's a ranch refugee. But things are booming. We've got this new school that's envied across the whole state. And when folks up and ask, how's things going down there? Hell, I grin like a fool and say, great. Great God, how we're doing. We're rolling in dough as they tear and they ravage the earth. And nobody knows or nobody cares about things of intrinsic worth. I've heard poets complain that the audience for poetry has atrophied. Wally McRae doesn't seem to have that problem. For years, I've heard people quote his poems, and his audience cuts across lines of politics, socioeconomic status, and age. My name is Bridget Reedy, and I'm 11 years old, and this is a poem by Wally McRae called Grandmother's French Hollyhocks. They were probably planted there by the gate or along the fence of the water gap lot where the milk cows lazed and the work teams ate, chicken wired out of the garden plot. 
Why? Didn't she know they'd scatter around, their seeds infecting our vegetable garden? Magenta blooms fought for fertile ground, crowding and choking, begging no pardon of the carrots and beets in militant rows, cut down by the shrapnel of gaulish genes. From, From ambush they, they fell, fell like, dominoes. like dominoes. In retreat, we skirmished to save the beans for the canning jars, waiting empty and green, wide-mouthed as grackles with demanding maws that would nourish during months snowy and lean when the hunger moon grinning flexed grizzled jaws. Foolish woman, we thought, to be tempted by beauty. What could she be thinking? So all of us said, our lives bound by the iron bands of duty, not frivolous flowers, just beans, beef, and bread. Of course, no one complained, not to her face. She surely repented the sin of her ways. Her silent apology mitigated disgrace, but the shame of her weakness she bore all her days. She was guilty, of course. More guilty were we. For beauty in life has strong healing powers, and fifty years later I'm beginning to see the value of grandmother's beautiful flowers. You've been listening to Mountain West Voices. Our series is produced in association with the O'Connor Center for the Rocky Mountain West, a regional studies and public education program of the University of Montana. Support for today's program was provided by the Foundation for Community Vitality. To see images from today's story and for more stories from the Rocky Mountain West, go to mountainwestvoices.org. I'm Clay Scott.